0: Welcome to Naked Without Shame, Theology of the Body and What It Means to Be Human. Today, we're going to talk about the fall and original sin. My name is Kelly Reed, and I will be your host. And I'm Kelly's co-host, Kerrigan Gardner. And we'll be right back.
1: Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Open your hearts. Open up your hearts to Christ. There is in life is the joy that comes from God and is found in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. He is the hope of the world.
0: Welcome back. Um, before we get started, I'd love to invite you to become a part of Awaken Nation. Uh, a group of people that are supporting this ministry and these wonderful programs. If you'd like to do that, um, if you'd like to go to awakencatholic.org donate, you have an opportunity to give. Any amount is, is wonderful, whether it's a monthly regular donation or a one-time donation. Just love to have you consider ways to support this ministry and the great programming that they're doing.
1: And an app we love here at Awaken Catholic is the Hallow app. So it's a really, really cool um, meditation app made specifically for Catholics. So a lot of prayer. You can totally enhance your prayer life with it. And if you head to Awaken, you can get one month free of the premium version. Okay. Thanks, Kerrigan. Yes.
0: Um, Like I said, tonight we're going to talk about – original sin. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that is something that we're all, all, you know, stuck in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it feels like we're stuck sometimes. I mean, all all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, So last week we um, dove into creation and Adam and Eve and they had such a good thing going. They did have a great thing going. What happened? (laughs) (laughs) They did. Well, how about
0: if we go back to scripture and we'll continue their story because it is, um, you know, it's a pretty good read. It tells us exactly what's going on here. So, chapter three of Genesis, the fall of man. Now, the serpent was the most cunning of all the animals that the Lord God had made. And the serpent asked the woman, Did God really tell you not to eat from any of the trees in the garden? And the woman answered the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. It's only about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, you shall not eat it or even touch it lest you die. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So Eve really at this point, she doesn't know what death is. They've not experienced that. She gets along with all the animals in the garden. One day she's out walking and there's the serpent and he right. just, you know, kind of questions you. Did God really say that to you? Did he really say that to you? So he's kind of, you know, creating a question in her mind. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Do you want to pick it up there?
1: Yes. Are we in verse, uh, verse four? Four. All right. But the serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not die. No. Nope. God knows well that the moment you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like gods who know what is good and what is bad. Right.
0: So the serpent is sitting there saying, you know what, you're not going to die. God's not being honest with you. He goes, actually, if you eat it, your eyes will be opened and then you can be like God. So he's creating this doubt in Eve's mind. And she's thinking... God, God's pretty awesome. I'd love to be like God. I'd love to have my eyes open. So. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eyes and desirable for gaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Eve gets a bad rap, but Adam did nothing to stop her. So they are both at fault.
1: (laughs) Both at fault.
0: Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. It's at this point that everything in all of creation changes. These passages are huge. So when Adam and Eve doubt God and they do what he told them not to do and they eat of the fruit, whatever that was, okay, what they've done is they've exercised their free will to go against what God had told them. And then there's going to be a consequence. But this consequence was so big that it actually fractured the entire cosmos. It changed their relationship with God. It changed their relationship with each other. And even within nature, we see the effect of original sin, the brokenness that we all have. I mean, we see these hurricanes, we see tsunamis, tornadoes, earthquakes. Mm. None of these are intended in God's original plan. And yet we have all of that because the cosmos is fractured. So everything that's off kilter goes back to the fact that at some point humanity chose to go against God's plan. And isn't that what all sin is, Mm. when we choose to go against God's plan? I mean, whatever it might be.
1: Right, I never thought about it in terms of natural disasters, because I always thought Adam and Eve sinned, so that caused all humanity to have original sin. But no, it did, (laughs) it affected absolutely everything. Everything,
0: everything. So at this point, um, with the cosmos fractured now, this perfect love that Adam and Eve are seeing towards each other, the free, total, faithful, and fruitful, Mm -hmm. is now turned on its head. And love becomes lust. So where they did look at each other and say, I want to give myself completely to you as a gift. Now they're looking at each other and they're saying, ah, I want what you can give me. Mm -hmm. So it completely changes all of that. And this is why they end up, making fig leaves and loincloths to cover themselves. We would say, well, they didn't do it before. Why did they need to do it now? But it's because they know that they're no longer a person to be loved, but rather they're being looked at as an object to be used. And that is so important to understand because in our broken world, when we look at someone that we love, And we can love them as purely as we're able, but we're always going to be fighting with lust, always, because of the selfishness that sin and brokenness causes within us. So just like Adam and Eve, we protect ourselves. I heard an analogy once and I thought this was was phenomenal because it just makes it so clear. It would be as if you are taking a shower in the morning. And you pull the shower curtain back, and there is a strange man in your, rest, in your bathroom. All right. Yeah. That would be a little frightening. I mean, the first thing – we don't even have to think about it as women. Our first response is to cover ourselves. Yeah. And, and why do we do that? I mean, we don't even think about it. It's not – our bodies are not bad, mm-hmm. and they're not anything we're supposed to be ashamed of. Right. But it's because innately we know that we're meant to be loved. And not to be an object to be used. And we don't know this person. Mm-hmm. And so we protect ourselves. We cover ourselves. And so this is what, when Adam and Eve make the loincloths, it's exactly what we have to struggle with now in our world all the time. And we can see the effect of it um, in the objectification of, of people for their bodies. And um, just the, the whole thing is such a mess. And it goes back to Adam and Eve. And it's not just... You know, the sexual aspect, it's just everything in the world, yeah. you know, because of it.
1: Right, so. right. So what exactly is original sin? Well, original
0: sin, and because I'm a visual learner, I'm <laughs> going to put on these. So these I call my sin glasses. Okay. Beautiful. Yes, aren't they? And um, we all have a pair of these. We do. We're born with them. We're born with them, being born into the state of brokenness, the state of original sin. Our prescription, however, is going to be determined by many things. It's going to be determined by our family of origin, by our experiences, by our education, by our indoctrination or whatever it may be. And this is what happens when you have people who are good people, intelligent people, but they disagree about a fundamental you know issue i mean we see this all the time especially you know we're we're in an election season right now and it's a very very divisive one but we could pick most any issue especially if we're talking about a moral issue in the church or something Mm -hmm. and we're going to have people that are going to have lots of different opinions and they're not always going to agree on it so where is the truth Where is God's truth in all of that? We have to remember that Adam and Eve before sin, in their original state, had a perfect relationship with God. It's as if we look into a mirror and we see this perfect image of ourselves, Mm -hmm. but when sin came along, it's... Like we took our fist and smashed it into that mirror. And now when we look in the mirror, we see all of this distortion. Right, But it's all we know. So how do we know that that's not the truth? So God is providing us an opportunity to know the truth. We can still know it. And we'll look at this later on. But basically, it's through... um, divine revelation through scripture and tradition in the church we have the scriptures that tell us but then we also have the magisterium which will articulate things to us and Mm -hmm. so we can we can get into that a little more deeply but it's so frustrating when we have good and intelligent people and they can't agree on something and everybody's so passionate about it so we still can know the truth though. Because the truth is out there, and God's truth is the truth that matters. So what we have to do is take off our sin glasses, have the humility to actually listen to what God teaches us. And that's a real struggle. And it's a real struggle, especially in this day and age. We have free will. We can choose to believe and do whatever we want to do with consequence many times. Mm-hmm. But I remember growing up in the church and um, – you know i grew up at a time where there was a lot of confusion post Vatican 2 where you know god was you know rainbows and butterflies and you could basically do whatever you wanted that was the message i got anyway because god loves you and it was very very different from the church of my parents generation where um you know, fire and brimstone, you're going to go to hell if you sin kind of thing. Yeah. So there was a lot of confusion. Hence, mm-hmm. a lot of people have walked away. It only takes one generation to lose it. And we are seeing yeah. in the secularization of our nation, of our world, that um, you know the ball has been dropped along the way. There's just been a lot of confusion because people don't know the truth. They don't know the why. And so we have to realize that there is a source for that and that God provides that for us, um, through the teachings of the church. And that's all based on scripture and tradition.
1: Right. Right. So there's hope in this. There absolutely, (laughs) there absolutely
0: is hope in this. Um, and, and that's why I would encourage anyone because it, you know, in my own life, I, I did, some, I did some really stupid things, and um, that's because I was too proud to, you know, find out the why. And, uh, you know, I struggled with a lot of issues within the church even, but when I had the humility to actually educate myself, to really go back, and, and sometimes it's a tough pill to swallow and, and really look at why the church teaches as it does— I am amazed because every single time, the church is right. The church is right. And I know, I know that's really difficult for a lot of people to hear, but I would just encourage people to educate themselves. Just go to the source. Go to the source, read the documents, find out why, get the questions answered, inform your conscience, because ultimately we defer to our conscience, but our conscience has to be well-formed and informed. St. Thomas Aquinas, great theologian, said, it is better to risk excommunication than to go against one's conscience. But the question is, is it an informed and well-formed conscience? Mm -hmm. And so we have an obligation to do that. Right, right. Yeah. So
1: in addition to the Bible, like, where do you think we can turn? I mean, there's so many great authors out there. There Would are. you say the catechism is a good place Absolutely. to start?
0: Absolutely. I think if you have the catechism and scripture, that is the place to start. And, and. Everything is right there. Mm-hmm. If you need more, then certainly. I mean, the Vatican II documents, there are all kinds of documents in the history of the church that we can go back to. And and the church's teaching evolves to meet the times because there are a lot of issues that we deal with today that are not in Scripture mm-hmm. Um, literally because they were not there at the time. But with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and you know the deposit of faith that we have, we're able to extract what the teaching would be. And that's why we trust in the magisterium because the magisterium will never lead us astray when it comes to faith and morals. Right. So that's a good right. thing. We yeah. Yeah. have
1: some good people to turn to.
0: We do, we do. And I think what I, I just want to close this episode talking a little bit about... Um, why, in fact, um, sex was turned on its head mm-hmm. because so many other things. I mean, original sin affects so many other things. But when you think about mm-hmm. how diabolical and, and, and really how intelligent the devil is, the devil is not stupid. Um, if the devil wants to steal souls, what is the best way to get them away from God? You go to what is at the core of what it means to be human. And what ties us to God or allows us to know God. And you take that and you pervert it. And that's exactly what the devil did. Because in tempting Adam and Eve and having them fall, what happened then was they are no longer imaging how God loves in the Trinity. Because their brokenness and their lust. And that's exactly what the devil has done with all of us since the beginning of time, since the beginning of the fall, right. you know, and so when you attack marriage, and you attack family, and and through that you're attacked, you're attacking the sexual union, um, and twisting that and perverting it, you steal souls from God, and we have so many people that are so lost because. They don't understand what the truth is in this. And if we could really step back and people could see exactly what the plan was, then they might stop and think twice before they act sometimes. So it really is, there's an agenda there. And all we have to do is look and see how much pain and destruction has been caused by the fact that um, we have taken, well, the that beauty of our sexuality and the gift of the sexual act. And we have misused it and watered it down and um, twisted it and perverted it in so many ways. So,
1: Ooh, so heavy stuff. yeah, but there yeah. is hope,
0: there is hope. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There is hope. And so um, we'll close for now and we'll look forward to seeing you next time on naked without shame. <laughs>